you're trying to spoil me a lot well thank you very much this lady she said she's 62 years old younger i'm trying to really fix her yeah yeah god said it's not good to be independent dependable we'll talk you said come and talk to me i'm going to talk to guys <clears throat> it's an honor for me to serve you thank you pastor robin thank you lisa peter the whole family good to see elizabeth wow elizabeth is here she knows me for about 24 years well some of you have heard my story uh, my name is peter kumar uh, born raised in india but god directed us god directed me to move to new zealand in 1997 well i uh, it's, a, it's an honor for me to have my brother here so when he's here i can't tell lies right yeah please he'll spank me we were born and raised in a family where we were four boys i'm the eldest he's the second we have two more boys uh my dad was a top government officer so we were <clears throat> we were not poor we were not raised poor but all of us were studying well i remember one evening when i came back from school and when i was a I was into soccer. I was a sports person. I remember uh, I came in, and in the living room, like you call it living room, we call it hall. I mean, Indian ways. This is a hall. This is a dining room. We had a maid servant. In India, we have the luxury of having people who will come and work in our house. Uh, she was helping us. but she was trying to wash away some red stuff red stuff on the floor so i looked at her and said which idiot spilt red paint in the hall in the living room which idiot spilt red paint in the living room she just looked at me and said this is not paint this is your mom's blood I looked at her and said, "You mean to say, Mom, vomited so much blood?" She said, "Are you an idiot? What kind of question is that?" Then I asked her, "Where's Mom?" She said, "In the hospital." My mom was a school teacher. She was 36 years old at the time. So she said, "Mom came from school, vomited, and lying on the floor. The neighbor saw her, took her to the hospital." we never saw her after that so my mom died at the age of 36 now the way indians are spoiled you guys won't understand none of us knew even how to light a stove none of us knew even how to do hot water like of course we today we have electronic devices you press a button but those days so next day morning we were all sitting i still remember My dad looked at me and said, "Do you know how to make coffee?" I said, "No." "Do you know how to make breakfast?" "I don't know." So we had to call restaurants for nearly one one and a half years. I was in class ten; he must have been in class eight. So every day, my dad used to give us some money, maybe five dollar, I mean five five dollar five rupees, Indian money, five bucks. 
go eat somewhere. When evening we won't know where we will eat. But in India, please forgive our people, they are crazy. They are really crazy. So they said, if there's no woman in the house, we won't visit you. I mean, please, culture can be very strong. Culture can be very strong. I was shocked. I was shocked. Even my own relatives, they will come stay in a hotel and say, you guys come and see us because we don't want to visit your house. We had a large house. I mean, I don't know whether my brother remembers. So all of us would sleep on the floor. We had our own rooms. But after our mom died, my dad, he would organize everybody to sleep on the same floor. And I would watch him. The whole night he'll be sitting and smoking. Whole night. And then he'll be drinking. I mean, he wasn't into alcohol, but I've seen beer bottles. And early morning when I wake up, he will be fast asleep. He won't sleep on the bed. He'll be on an easy chair. And I used to wonder, what can I tell my dad? Will he listen to me? Because again, in our culture, we don't tell off elders. We just need to see them. But I then remember one day, my dad came and said, I've accepted Jesus Christ in my life. I said, where did this come from? He went and met a lady. She shared the gospel with her. And my dad said, I'm a Christian. And then he looked at me and said, hereafter, you have to be at home at 6 p.m. You can't come late. You have to wake up at 5. Do the I said, Dad, please relax. I broke every rule in the house. Every rule. Every rule. I became really rebellious. But of course then, all of us were sent to what we call as hostels. Here you call it dorms. So I never stayed at home. He went and studied. But God met him in this college, and then he used to share the gospel with me. I used to think he's crazy. I mean, such a young guy. He didn't even have a girlfriend. Can you imagine? But then, praise God, God met each of us in our family. My dad is now nearly 90 years old. He's still actively doing ministry. He's helped build at least about 70 to 80 churches in India. He still travels. I mean, he still carries that fire. He still carries that fire. And praise God, four of us, all of us are very highly educated for Indian standards, even New Zealand standards. So I lived in Auckland. My younger brother came and lived close to me. He, he was to, in Australia. He moved here. Praise God, today, I'm so blessed to have him. Because again, guys, God can do it. God can do it. God can touch your children. God can touch your grandchildren. But we need to really desire that. We need to really desire that. So praise God, today we are here. And uh, the last, I mean, we started off on Friday. 
uh, I started speaking on a subject called kingdom resources. So I'm not preaching at all. Now a little bit about me guys, please. I was highly educated. <clears throat> I had very good jobs, highly paid jobs in India, but I also did a lot of ministry. I used to run healing crusades. I saw a lot of people getting healed. And because I trained in MBA business, I used to do a lot of conferences about leadership, practical leadership, practical leadership. My definition of a leader is a person who knows how to work with God. How to work with God. You'll be able to work with God only if you know how to make God work. How many of you understand? See, today, please, we've been taught many things. Faith, prayer, intercession, visions, dreams, Holy Spirit, tongues. How many of you know all these things are, I mean, all these are abilities which will make God work? So the more faith you have, the more God should be working on your behalf. The more you are a worshipper, yes, today we have been taught worship creates the presence of God or worship ushers us into the presence of God. So once you've allowed God to enter, will God just walk away without doing anything? Then he won't come. Sometimes it goes into extreme. It goes into extreme. I was invited to preach in a church. The church was maybe as big as your dining hall. The lady was a widow. They told me she's on fire for God. I went to preach. She looked at me and said, you know, Peter Kumar, there are 10,000 angels here. I was very quiet. Sometimes I played dumb. But she kept on saying, angels are here, angels are here, angels are here. 10,000 of them. I asked her, so what are they going to do? She said, what do you mean? I said, even if one angel comes, he can cause havoc. He can come with a message. He can come with a healing. He can do something. 10,000 angels are here. What are they going to do? She said, I don't understand. I said, ma'am, please. <laughs> Next time, ask the angels, what are they going to do? Because angels will never come to be spectators. I did a lot of ministry. Then God said, move to New Zealand. This was in 96. So we came here in 97 as a family. But God shared a few things in my heart about New Zealand. This began in 1996. He also sent many preachers, Indian preachers, to speak this to me. The first thing he said is, this is a nation which God has chosen unto himself. God has chosen this nation. So I asked God, why? I asked God, why? He said, this nation has to lead. He didn't say, will lead, pray about it, give them an opportunity. He said, no, it has to lead the greatest revival. It has to lead the greatest revival. So then I asked the Lord, what do you mean revival? 
Because today revival means goosebumps. Yeah. You go to a conference, they call it revival. So after the conference, what happens? Early bird registration. Hallelujah. If the conference fees is 75, they'll give it to you for $69. Revival continues. If you ask Indians what is revival, good food after the meeting. Hallelujah. Yeah, she's taking me home. She said, I'm going to cook you good food. Yeah, Kiwis might come and eat pizza with me. No, she said, I'm going to cook. See, revival is something which even now people do not want to really define. Prayer. I've seen people come and pray. Millions of people coming and praying. They think it's revival. But revival is when you and God, say that me and God. One more time. One more time. Turn somebody's heart. <laughs> somebody's heart has to turn to God. So God told me, millions in New Zealand, millions. Yesterday I was talking to an Indian person. She's a young girl. She came and dropped me. She said, you're talking millions, millions of New Zealanders. How many millions are here? It's such a small country. Yeah, India has 1 billion and 33 million people. So for an Indian, New Zealand is like a drop in a bucket. But God still depends on New Zealand. So from 1996, he's been telling the same thing. Peter Kumar, make it happen. Tell them to make it happen. Tell them to make it happen. Tell. And I'm telling God, why? She's looking at me. My message has never changed. I used to come every month to Wellington. Every month. Every month. We used to do it in Johnsonville Community Hall. And Tawa Anglican Church, public meetings. Then there's a church in Lower Hutt, Hosanna. The pastor loved me a lot. He said, just do meetings. We've seen a lot of healings, but everything was towards revival. My whole message was, if you are a Kiwi, fly. Make it happen. Make it happen. But 2007, the Lord told me I wanted to move to America. I had an office in Auckland. I had people working with me. I used to work with people like Bill Subritsky, Western Carrier, Bruce Monk. They all knew me. They respected me. Praise God, people were so good to me. I was shocked when God told me, move. I asked him why. He told me, I want you to go to more countries. More countries. I specifically asked him what countries. He said, I wanted to visit Caribbean, South America, Latin America. Our ministry is called Forerunners, Forerunners Nation Changes. My task is to see millions turn to God, not to do, to challenge people. I work in many countries, guys. In India at the moment, we are working with a team to turn the hearts of 20% of India, 20% of 1 billion 
33 million. Think about it. We don't have much time. We don't have much time. But along with that, the Lord told me, prepare my people. Prepare my people, not for rapture, not for tribulation. Because see, today, people choose a piece of cake, and they keep on coated with sugar. Like some people are only end time. Some people are always half time. Some people are always no time, hallelujah. Uh, no time for God. Some people are always conference to conference to conference. These days, everybody is talking about doom and gloom. They are giving a definition of the vaccine. They are talking about Bill Gates, his mother-in-law, his dog, his cat. Who cares? Then people are asking me, are we in the end times? Are we into tribulation? Is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post -trib? I said, what's your problem? Where do you want to be? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And whether you like it or not, there's a kind of fear which has come into every believer, including believers in New Zealand. I've just traveled a lot. Every time I come to New Zealand, I travel quite a bit. I travel quite a bit. In the last 18 days, every night I've been in a different town in South Island. This nation has to lead, guys. If this nation has to lead, you cannot sit and whinge and whine. That's an Aussie thing, right? I don't know how Kiwi say. Whinging and Yeah, Kiwis, they call it Piri Pari. What do you call that? Piri Pari. Welcome to my Piri Pari. So what will I get? I'll give you all my problems. Hallelujah. You have to take all my problems. How long, guys? How long? This church wants to grow. They want to expand. They are looking for a larger building because God promised to them. I love that. I love that. And it's an honor for me. Again, they, they don't need to do this. They've invited me. So some of you came. Some of you have others come. And some people joined. So today, this morning, I'm going to continue about kingdom resources. Kingdom resources. Either you grow or you refuse to grow. Either you grow or refuse to grow. You can pray, 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 and still refuse to grow. You can read the Bible all the time and still refuse to grow. You can speak in tongues, you can scream in tongues and still refuse to grow. Because an average believer, I'm seeing, after they do all that, it's like, I don't know why I did it. If God wants to do it, let him do it. But kingdom growth, kingdom resources is you and God partner together. So you do your part and God does his part. You do your part and God does his part. So this morning again, I'm talking, I'm going to talk to you about 
receiving. Can you put the slides, ma'am? We're going to talk about how the church is called to understand certain kingdom aspects. Certain kingdom aspects. This is not for people of the world. They will never understand. They will never understand. I mean, see, today she got up and she spoke about tithes. I don't know what you understood about it. I don't know. God says, if you think it's your tithe, if you think, please, you should believe that. Not just throw your money as if you're putting it in countdown. This is not countdown, this is not counting down. You should recognize that it is a tithe. And then you should tell God, I believe this is my tithe. Then you should tell God, I believe you're going to open the windows of heaven. And I believe you're going to create another economy. So I don't need to buy it. It comes from God. So if you go to your house, or if you invite me to your house, you should be able to say, this I bought from Harvey Norman. This God gave. Please. Because there's a different economy. God said, give and it shall be. So if God does not give to you, you cannot give. How can you give without receiving? Bible says, freely give. Why? Because he says, freely receive, then freely give. He didn't say first, keep on giving free. So today we are going to talk about, can you put the slide, ma'am? Yeah. I'm going to talk about receiving from God. Again, certain kingdom principles, which it took a long time for me to understand. I read the Bible. I've heard so many preachers preach. But to understand it and make it happen in my life. To make it happen in my life. What's happening? Yeah. Creating a harvest during crisis. You have saved our lives, they said. You have saved our lives. May we find favor in the eyes of our Lord. We will find favor. So creating a harvest. When everybody says lockdown, shut down, you and me should say harvest. Harvest is a multiplication of seeds. Harvest is not picking something on discount. That means you should have defined your seed. And then you should have said, this is going to be my harvest. This is not getting a pay increase of $7 or $20. Can you put the next slide, please? Draw from God your God-given vision. Look at this. We were gathering around and then everybody bowed down to me. This is Joseph's dream. How many of you understand this? 
Suddenly he says, I am stepping into a increase. I am stepping into a increase. And you guys are going to recognize my increase. Listen guys, please, again listen to me. Most of you have jobs. Some of you have businesses. How many of you know your job will give you a horizontal growth, not a vertical growth? Am I wrong? Yeah, you will go like this. Suppose your paycheck is $2,000 now. Then after two years, it will become 2020 Okay, 2200 So you will keep on working, 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 working. Slowly, after 20 years, you may reach $5,000 a month. But everybody else who's working in a similar job, they'll get the same thing. They don't need to be a believer. They can straight away tell you, why are you saying your God is blessing you? I don't believe in any God, but I'm getting the same paycheck. So there's a horizontal growth. After that, you retire and you go down. Even a $5,000 paycheck becomes maybe $2,000, $1,500. How many of you are really praying, Lord, I don't want $5,000, I want only $1,500? Don't look at me like that, guys, please. After I go, scream at them. Who let that guy in? See, that is how the worldly system is designed. You become redundant. They don't want to see your face because there's so many other people who are willing to do what you're doing. What God says, goodness and mercy have to follow you, not pension and insurance and disability and wins. He's not against that. So if believers do not allow God to create that goodness and mercy, so goodness and mercy is not just money. It can be favor. In Joseph's life, Wherever he went, favor after favor after favor after favor. Even in the prison, the Bible says, the jailer came and said, man, keep the keys. I'm showing you favor. Can you put the scripture, the book of Genesis, chapter 39, verse 19 onwards, ma'am. Genesis 39. The prison, even in the prison, the man finds favor. Today, many of us, we don't understand how God can make people work on our behalf. 
Are we getting it? Anyway, so we have to understand how God works on our behalf and how God makes people work. 39 verse 20 onwards, 19 onwards, ma'am, 19. 19 onwards. See, when, when his master heard the words of his wife, his anger arose. They put him in the prison where the king's prisoners were confined. See, please, even in your workplace, you can't say everybody will love you. A lot of people used to come and ask me, can you pray that I got a good job? Earlier I started praying only for a good job. Then after six months, they'll call me and say, I got a good job, but my boss is a horrible man. So then I tell them, you never told me to pray for a good boss. Which is better, good job with a bad boss or a bad job with a good boss? So now if anybody says, pray that I get a good job, I always pray, give her a good boss. The next verse, ma'am. But the Lord was with Joseph. See, please, where is God? In the prison. How, how many of you would like to have a God with you in the prison? See, many of us, we have not seen this at all. I know God would have prepared, packed all his bags, and all the angels will ask, where are you going? Vacation? To go to Queenstown to do some skiing? You say, no, 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 I just want to be with Joseph. And then they would have gone into Google and say, Google map, show where Mr. Joseph is in the prison. And all the angels would say, what will people say if a God goes and breathes? If a God goes and if God is with a guy in the prison, if anybody asks us, where is God? How can we tell them? It's better we say, he's in the center church. God says, shut up, I want to be with him. He gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands. I like that. All the prisoners who were in the prison, whatever they did, if you ask the prisoner, you will say, all these guys are wrecking my life. They don't even let me sleep. They are screaming. They are swearing. They are beating each other. And they don't love each other. But after Joseph came, I gave the keys because Joseph will say, uh, tomorrow you are going out, man. Uh, sir, next week you are going out. Uh, next month you are going out. Pack it. The whole prison would have been vacant. Hallelujah. God worked with Joseph even in the most difficult circumstance. Today, if you go and complain to God, you don't understand. He will say, you don't understand. I am with you. If I am with you, anywhere you go, favor will come. Favor will come. Can you go back to the slides, ma'am? 
See, many of us, please, my brother, my sister, I'm challenging this because we need to understand either we grow or we refuse to grow. Identify growth areas. Now, this is a dream which Pharaoh has. He's seeing grain, but he's seeing there's some parched or scorched grain. That means some lousy things are eating up the good grain. How many of you know the story? Then he sees another dream. Fat cows and ugly cows. Maybe somebody took the theme, Beauty and the Beast, from that. Fat cows and ugly cows and ugly things are eating beautiful things. Today, check your life. Check your life. There are so many people who say, Peter Kumar, I used to. I used to. I used to. I used to. I used to have a good job. I used to have a good house. I used to. So what happened to that? Why did we lose it? The Bible says the king just woke up. He couldn't sleep. It's a wake-up call for the king. And then the king says, somebody, please come and fix it. Please come and fix it. And then the people in the prison, they say, Joseph can fix it. Joseph can fix it. My brother, my sister, please. This is about, not about applying for a job. This is not about starting a business. You have to do all that. But this is about connecting with the plans of God. God can give you many dreams. I met a lady in Christchurch. She heard me speak and she came and told me, I have 81 dreams about New Zealand. One day I'd like to sit and talk to you. And you know I'm a very nice guy. I sat with her and said, tell me one dream. She saw a rabbit eat a mushroom. And she asked me, what is the interpretation? This is about New Zealand. Rabbit eating a mushroom. I said, ma'am, I'm not very spiritual, but my interpretation is the mushroom cannot eat the rabbit, so take it that way. What else to say? Yeah, am I right? Can a mushroom eat a rabbit? She said, but I want the interpretation. I said, please, ask God. If God gives you 81 interpretation, either you're not able to sleep well. Yeah, don't think you're too spiritual. She said, you're right, you're right. Maybe you're taking too many tabs, tablets, pills, and you're hallucination. She said, yeah, I take only 11 pills. Then I said, please, learn to sleep well. Then you won't get all these dreams. Rabbit eating a mushroom. Identify growth areas. This is very, very important. 
if god is with you if god is with you my brother my sister he will make us grow abraham was a very ordinary man but god told him do you know you need to become the father of faith abraham must have said what's wrong with you how do i become a father of faith yeah at 100 years you have to get isaac you have to become the father of nations i mean we read all this through you i have to bless everybody in the world i mean how many of us can handle that this is like a job description yesterday i said if you have expectations about god god will also have expectations about you god will never come and negotiate he will say i have these plans for you i have these plans for you i want you to walk in high places i don't want you to be the tail i want you to be the head he told me i wanted to be the head i thought he's going to promote me in my job he said no resign your job i said why should i resign how can i become the head he said i never said you're going to be the head in your company he said you resign then i will lift you up i will make you walk in high places i cried I cried. I said God please you don't understand. Maybe in heaven nobody has a job in might at 10 or countdown. Nobody gets paid. Maybe you just look at an angel they'll come and do everything for you. I'm in this world I'm a married man I have two children. He told me up to you. See please God will never beg you. God will never beg you. He will never come and say please please please. either you connect with the revelation or you refuse to connect can you put the next slide ma'am the next slide make godly projections you know the bible says If we do certain things, we grow thirty, sixty, hundred. Have you read the scripture? How many of you have read the scripture? Every seed has to multiply how many times? Some of you are wondering: Is this guy crazy? Come here, sir. Let me show you. Come here. <clears throat> Stand here. Put both your hands out. Listen. If his paycheck is thousand five hundred dollars, why is it too much or less? Thousand five hundred is perfect. Do you have a girlfriend? Oh, fiance. Okay, we'll talk later. 
See, simple, please. I'm just, I'm not saying he's wealth. So, the whole year you'll be getting only 1,500, 1,500, 1,500. This is a worldly system. It's not a godly system. But from the 1,500, he can take a seed. Say that a seed. One more time. One more time. It doesn't matter, please. Of course, tithe minimum is 10%. There are so many people who say, oh, we don't need to give the tithe because we are part of the New Testament government. Have you heard of that? I asked them, so are you paying more than 10%? They look at me. I said, no, throwing $10 is not tithe. So he takes a seed and he sows the seed. You determine the harvest. Then you pick the seed. Even if you are on a disability benefit. Please, I'm a Kiwi. It's not wrong at all. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Even if you're retired. Even if you don't have a job. Even if you are saying, oh, I never worked. You define the harvest. So with the seed, then he gets 30. His paycheck is still 1,500. So if he puts a seed, let's say, even $100. So 30 into 100, how much? 3,000. This is purely from the kingdom. This is not going to lot all, please. So, 1,500. Hello? 1,500. This never changes. But this is 3,000. So now his income together is 4,500. So now his seed will not be 100. His seed can become 300. Because the more you receive, the more you give. The more you receive. So imagine if he's able to sow another 300, his paycheck is still 1,500. But out of 300 into 30, 9,000. Is this wrong, my brother, my sister? This keeps on multiplying. Now, if you ask God, why are you doing this? God will say, then only somebody will come and ask you, hey, you're getting only so much, but... How come you're driving a flash car? How come you brought a property? I know you guys, you think I'm an idiot or a coconut. No, I'm not. Thank you, sir. Don't tell anybody. 
please, don't tell anybody. When I came here in 1997, a lot of people came and said, start an Indian church. I said, why? They said, because you're an Indian man. I said, so what? Why should God bring an Indian man from India to plant an Indian church? Then these large churches in Auckland, they all came and went because I was moving in healing and prophecy. But then a church came and said, we want you to be part of our church. No title, no position, nothing. But we want you to help us do. It's not an English-speaking church. We want to have an English-speaking church. Can you help us to plant it? I said, no problem. It was close to our house. So initially, they never said, we are going to pay you anything. I also didn't ask. Then they saw how God was using me. So one day they came and said, uh, we thought we'll pay you. I said, okay, very good. How much? $50 a month. No, please. I mean, so because I, I, mean, I started traveling, I started doing a lot of things. So it was not that I had to do exactly what. But they told, two Sundays, please be there to preach. Two Sundays, do whatever you want. So God gave us a first house in a place called Mount Wellington. So I invited my church members. The treasurer did not like me so much. Please, the treasurer. All the others loved me. So the treasurer came. So we were having food. He looked at me and said, we are paying you only $50. How did you manage to buy a property like this? I was expecting it. I'm a prophet. I was expecting it. I took him out and said, uh, those 15 bricks I got with your $50, all the rest God gave. <laughs> yeah, 15 bricks, $50 which you get from me. Then I told him, why don't you understand? God is a God of increase. If you and me as children of God... If we tell God, I don't want the increase, then the enemy comes to steal. Guys, listen. Every time you sow a tithe, come here, sir. Put your hands together. Listen. Every time you sow a tithe, or every time you give into the kingdom, every time you give charity, please, the Bible says so many things. Give and it shall be given unto you. Your first fruit, your tithe, your offering, even your offering, please. Go home, study. Jesus said, when you give an offering, men will be waiting for you to pour into your bosom. Matthew 6, 37. So every time you give an offering, God appoints somebody to come and pour into your bosom. And because you and me are so ignorant, and because we choose to be ignorant, the enemy comes and steals, kills, and destroys. Actually, the enemy is praying, Lord, please, Lord, please, bless him, bless him, 
Bless him. Bless him. Lord, he's so generous. Lord, he's paying his tithes. He's giving the offering. Bless him. Why is the enemy praying? Because he knows we know how to give or we know how to sow. We don't know how to reap. So all the blessings he takes away. And we still sit with this poverty mindset. God told me, I am faithful to my word. Every seed, I make it grow. Check for how many years you have given your tithe, your offering. Thank you, sir. Can you put the next slide, ma'am? Create your seeds. Your seed is not just money. Your talent is seed. Your love is seed. Your compassion is seed. Your prayer is seed. Don't follow the Americans, please. Americans, only the dollar is a seed. Yeah, tell them back off. If Jesus said only money is your seed, Jesus would have collected a lot of money. But every seed can create money value. Say that. Every seed can create money value. One more time. Let me show it. Come here, sir. I want a stronger man for that. Stand here. Listen, guys, please. I don't have much time. I'm pouring out myself because I want you to grow, to make the vision of this church grow. Put your hands out. Five loaves and two fishes. Okay, we know the story. How much is a value? Five loaves and two fishes in countdown. How much? Okay, let's say 50 bucks. 50 bucks. So 50 bucks is a seed. Say that. It's a seed. See, all that Jesus asked for. Jesus, I mean, no people said we can go to McDonald's or tell them to go to KFC. And if you read the Bible, the treasurer comes and says, if we need to feed these guys, it's eight-month budget. So please, I mean, they understood how the world works. So 50 bucks... Now, a meal for 5,000 people. Let's say a meal is $20. Can we say $20? Okay. So, 50 is becoming how much? 5,000 into 20, how much is that? 100,000. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Every miracle has a money value. Water has a value. Wine has another value. Jesus didn't do it for money. Please, Jesus didn't do it for money. But there is a money value. An empty net has a value. A net full of fish has a different value. 
But everything is an act of faith and obedience. We have so much of faith. We have so much of faith. Why are we not understanding this power of multiplication? And today is the crisis. Even in America, my brother, my sister, four days. You would have seen in the news, the people were rushing to get toilet papers. The stores were closed. Please, stores were closed. They stood 2,000 cars waiting to pick up food. 2,000 cars waiting to pick up food. Joseph prepared the whole nation in the season of crisis. Give me a hand, please. Can you put the last slide? Is, it a, is there a, any other slide? Make plans to create an increase. Make plans. Make plans. Make plans. Guys, my wife was a school teacher. So I know her paycheck. Everybody in my family and my friends, they thought I'm making her work and I'm going to eat out of her hand. I mean, that's the Indian way of saying, you don't want to work, you want to live out of your, your wife's earnings. I cried. I cried. I didn't know anybody in New Zealand. But I told God, I want to live by faith. I started reading the scriptures differently. How the kingdom works, how the kingdom makes things grow. And then I told God, She's working. She used to work in schools. I said, I'm not going to work, but can you give me exactly what you give her? How rude. So in three months, God started providing me almost what she was getting. So I told her, you're working so hard, I'm not doing anything, I'm getting the same. Then I became slightly greedy. I told God, can you double it? Can you triple it? Because I had to go to many nations. When I left New Zealand, I was going to 30 countries, guys. I can't be putting my hand out. So God told me, so even today you can check with my wife. I tell her, you can give generously, but a part of it should be seed. I told her to make a budget in my house. She's a math teacher. She said, you're the craziest guy I've met. You're the craziest guy. I said, please. In America, again, from here we went to America. I had to start everything from the scratch. And in America, there's slight manipulation. If I need to pray for you, give me $500. It works. People write a check. God said, no, don't embarrass me. So I told my wife, create a harvest. We have to grow 30, 60, 100 times. There was a time my wife said, I think we are growing 30 times. I think we are growing. See guys, please, why, what is wrong in making God work? 
God wants to be part of our life. Any other slide? No slide, right? Make plans. Yeah. Right? So thank you. Listen, guys. I'm going to take just about five minutes. I want you to grow. Because this church, they didn't know anything about me. I've never heard about the center church. I've come preaching, living, preaching many other places here. But it's an honor for me. But not that. I came as a preacher last time. She, Pastor Robin and Lisa, they came and spent time with me. I felt, I felt really accepted. I don't know whether you do it to every preacher, but personally, for me, we are, treat, we are treated like commodities. Come, preach, take the love offering, go. It's hurting sometimes. And then I said, I want to be a blessing. I want to come. So we planned it earlier. We couldn't do it. Again, I said, can I please come? I want to serve the people. You may say, so Peter, what am I supposed to do? Go home. Put your income. And define your harvest. You should grow 30, 60, 100 times. Your paycheck will not grow. Maybe your paycheck will take you into a decrease. You may lose your job. So what if you lose your job? Will God stop working in your life? Even if you don't have a great job, God will not stop working. And God wants to fulfill every promise of your life. Is it wrong to let God work? So create a kingdom economy. There should be a worldly economy. There should be a kingdom economy. There should be a worldly economy. There should be a kingdom economy. So tonight I'm going to be here. And I'm sharing with you. Do some homework at home. Take a piece of paper. If you have a wife, sit with her. Do some budgeting. Tonight, write it in a piece of paper. You don't need to write your name, nothing. Come and give it to me. I want to lay hands and I want to pray for that. I want to be a blessing to you. And it's not only money, guys, please. It's not only money. Ask for miracles. Ask for miracles. Every miracle has money value. Every miracle has money value. Create a kingdom economy. Create a kingdom economy. Because even if the worldly economy crashes, the kingdom economy will make you walk in the plans of God. Please go home. Study about the tithes. I mean, she shared a few scriptures. Take it Take it, take it to your heart. God says, I will open the windows of heaven. And there's going to be so much room in your house. Everything is going to be blessed. Is it wrong to let God do work in our life? Every offering, somebody is going to pour into your heart. They're going to pour into you. It's happened to me many times. 
many times. Many times. There was a time God told me, hereafter, you don't need to buy these things. It will be given to you. Simple things. So I told God, okay, I'm giving my offering, but I'm creating another economy. I'm giving an offering, I'm creating another economy. And God started doing those things. And anytime somebody comes and blesses me, it can be a shoe, it can be a watch, it can be something. God says, see, you gave an offering, I appointed him to bless you. I appointed you to bless you. So tonight will be my last meeting. Come, come, come. We don't know what's going to happen in New Zealand. But around the world, I see a huge lockdown. There's going to be shortage of so many things. But God will not stop working. I want every eyes to be closed. Can the worship team come up, please? So I'm going to ask Pastor Robin to say things, or Peter. And then I'm going to go into time of ministry. Allow me to serve you. Allow me to serve you. We still have a ministry here. Uh, pastor has my details. If anybody wants to sow a seed, but if you sow a seed, please give your phone number. I want to call you, thank you, and pray with you. I want to stand with you. So 